welcome to Hannah's heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because <laughs> yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hi there, I'm Kendra. And I'm Anne. And you are listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and we would love to connect with you. We love hearing your um, questions and your prayer requests, yeah. and there's just this awesome little community that's starting to form. I love yeah, it. it's growing. So if, if you want to send us a question or prayer request, you can also email us at hannahsheart at afa.net. That's Hannah's Heart, Hannah spelled like it is spelled in the Bible. Hannah's heart at afa.net. Yeah. So today, Kendra, we have a special guest and a brand new friend on the show. She's a seventh and eighth grade teacher at a school here in Tupelo, Mississippi. She's a pastor's daughter and a proud wife to a guy named Shane. Um, they are currently walking through infertility and everything that that involves. And so um, we're going to hear all about that today and uh, their story of keeping their faith um, in Christ and keeping their love for each other strong is so encouraging and so we wanted our listeners to hear from them and so yeah that's enough from me so hey lauren welcome to the show it's nice to be here thank you for coming on right in the middle of your journey because you guys are struggling with infertility right now correct yes that is correct all right well let's back up a little bit and tell us about this awesome guy shane how did he enter the picture he entered the picture through Match.com. Okay. <laughs> hey, God will use anything, won't he? That's yes, right. he will. Um, and my parents actually were the ones that pushed me to try Match.com because I had tried everything else, and I was like, you know what? I'm just done. How old were I'm you when, when you made that decision or when you met Shane? I was. I had just turned 25 okay. in November of 2013, and then my parents in December at Christmas said, just try it. Just give it one mm-hmm. more month. We'll pay for it mm. if we have to. And I gave it one more month, and that was at Christmas of 2013. And then I met Shane January 21st. That's oh, awesome. Right. So yeah. did he come along a little later in life than you expected? Or what, what were your expectations for marriage and family and kids initially? Honestly, when I was in college, I was so focused on getting my degree mm-hmm. that I was— I. Just thought I would wait. Just get through. And yep. I would get through and I would get settled somewhere and I would get started working and then mm-hmm. just let it go from there. Um, and then um, I met him. That's so, awesome. And that, he was the first real boyfriend you ever yes, had, he right? Yes, he is the he is the only boy. Mm-hmm. He's the only boyfriend Precious. I've ever had. Hey, that's really neat. That's awesome. You don't hear that a lot these yeah. days. But I think once you're married, like I feel like single people right now would be like, why is that neat? Because she mm-hmm. had to wait. But like when you get married, you're like, I'm glad I didn't. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've never held yeah. anyone else's hand or kissed somebody else. Because mm-hmm. that, that stuff means a whole lot more, yeah. I feel like. Just the bond is just <laughs> so much stronger. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful. 
But that's really exciting. So, what'd you do? How, how'd your story evolve from there? You met on Match.com? Met, met on Match.com. We dated for a little over three years. And we got engaged in February of 2017 and married in May of 2017. Wow. Nice. wow. I, I knew what I wanted <laughs> as far as a wedding was concerned. You had so. your Pinterest board done. I did. <laughs> Off I it. did. I sure did. I actually bought the wedding dress before I got the ring. Okay. That's how... That's just how you knew. Well, and I'm a frugal person, so there was a sale going on. Hey, I love a good sale. Good stewardship. Good stewardship is what we call that. So did you know that you wanted children when you were dating, or did you guys talk about that? Yes, yes, we did. And as far as I'm, I mean, as far as myself, I mean, I was, um, my, my dad pastored a small church south of Atlanta when I was 10, and I was the nursery director at Oh, so 10. you were around babies oh, all yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. Like, I decor- like they let me pick out the decorations for the nursery and all of that. Aww. So that was my, my little area that I got yeah. to serve. And, I mean, my whole life I've babysat. I was a nanny. I, you know, I've worked in daycares and things. So kids, for me, that's always been a desire of my heart. Yeah to be a mom and then um Shane to be a dad now Mm -hmm. when we when we got married we said we wanted to wait just a little bit you know just enjoy being married get to know each other yes adjusting yes um because I had been living on my own since I was 19 Mm -hmm. so and we got married when I was 28 so you're talking a little over nine years of getting to do whatever I wanted to (laughs) go when I wanted to and you know so just adjusting to that, um, we wanted to make sure that we had time for each other. And then... Right, because kids change everything yes, from what I hear. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we've heard too. So once you guys waited, um, when did you find out that um, you were struggling with infertility? Um, we tried for about a year, a little over a year. And then I started thinking on my own that maybe I had something that was wrong um and then about 10 months about so a total of a year and 10 months until we saw a specialist but about a year and nine months until I went to my doctor and um, we started the process of you know doing the testing and figuring out what was going on yeah um so after so you said you you went to your regular OB, and then she scheduled you then with a specialist. Mm-hmm. Yes, she did. And yeah. then from there, what what was his like first? What what were diagnosis your tests that or you results? Doing? So a lot of blood tests. Okay. Um, he wanted to check my thyroid and mm-hmm. everything. Everything. <laughs> yes, just to see, you know, what exactly you know could be going on. Yeah. Um, a we lot of examinations <laughs> and all of that. Yeah. So the whole, the whole nine. Oh, shebang. I know. I remember going in to get blood drawn, and it would be the same girl every time, and she would be like, "Are you back again?" I was like, "I am." Yeah, because there's certain times during the month, during the week, that you gotta yeah. check everything out. And every time they would be like, "Okay, well, you know, is there a certain arm?" And I would just hold out my right arm, and I'm like, "Right here. This, <laughs> this is, is the vein." <laughs> You know, and they, it really funny, does, but not funny. It's funny, but not. Yeah, I was like, look, I have to, I have to smile, and laugh about it. Yeah, 
that's how I deal with things. Uh-huh. It's like whatever it takes. I want yeah. this. And yeah. so I'm going to have to endure this awful time. Yeah. Right. Well, when did, did you get a, a, an initial diagnosis or did, did they discover what a pro, what kind of problems you all were struggling yes. with? Yes. So um, in October of last year was when I got the official diagnosis of PCOS. Mm. Um, in 2020? In 2020. Okay. And uh, my doctor was, he was, he was very thorough. I'm like, he got out blank pieces of paper and like drew out everything and, you know, went through all of the, you know, the symptoms. If you Mm -hmm. have, if you have, if you meet this criteria, then, you know, this means that you have PCOS. Right. And PCOS for our listeners is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yes. Um, And a very common cause for infertility. Yes. Um, Now I am very thankful. I do not have cysts. Wow. Like I Which is have, usually a huge thing in that's PCOS. Us- yes. Um and he told me he said, you know, that you can still have PCOS and not have right, right. the the ovarian cysts. So I was very thankful and and still am very thankful for that. Um that up to this point I have not had anything. But I have wow. had everything, everything else. else. The the is hair that, loss, the hair growth, right. you know, all of the See that's so different. I got diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and it affected me I feel like a lot differently than you I had lots of cysts but my doctor honestly my first visit he pulled my shirt up and he was like you shave your belly and I was like no and he said you don't shave your belly (laughs) I guess he was (laughs) fully expecting he was asking me if I have hair up under my chin and I don't I didn't but I had 14 cysts on each ovary you know so it's just crazy how How different it it affects you Mm -hmm. everybody so differently but it can be such a main cause Mm -hmm. of not being able to carry a pregnancy or to get pregnant Mm -hmm. so you're getting this diagnosis and just I'm thinking, wow, you have, you were raised as a PK preacher kid. (laughs) You've been a believer for a very long time. You met a godly man. He's the only man you've ever been with. Um, Did you ever struggle in in your heart at that point of just like, God, why isn't this coming easy for us? Why are we having all these problems? I'm Mm -hmm. trying to honor you. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, and growing up in... I went to Christian school my whole life and I always heard people say, well, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't question God and all this other. And then, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, it's okay to Mm -hmm. ask questions. It's Mm -hmm. okay to, I feel like there's multiple times in scripture that yes, yes, just to, you know, why, why is it happening? Why me? Yeah. Why, you know, because, I do enjoy serving the Lord. Right. That's something, you know, I, I teach in a small Christian school. Um, and that is, that is a ministry, mm-hmm. um, for me. Um, I don't view that as a job. Um, I am constantly singing at church. You know, I, I ask the, I ask people all the time, do you get tired of hearing me sing? I'm really sorry, but you know, it just kind of, <laughs> I get put on the, on the, on the schedule. So that's what I do. So yeah, I definitely had and have had moments where I've been like, why in the world? Like, why is it so easy for everyone else? Because that's what it feels like, Uh is that I see babies everywhere. Yes. And that's that's all I want. 
And sometimes you think like, well, maybe I can just like earn a baby from God. (laughs) Like maybe if I just volunteer a little more. Right. Like it's almost like a works-based mentality. Like I I struggled with that. Like, gosh, maybe if I just serve him a little more. Yeah. Right. But honestly, I had to get to the point where it was, do I want to, do I want to walk and serve God? Mm. Right. Mm more than I want a baby. Like, mm. like do like you have to, not saying that the desire to have a baby is wrong because it's not. That's right. a desire that God puts in us as women. But for me personally, growing up in a preacher's home, I've not always had that solid walk with God, mm. you know, because, you know, maybe as a kid, I did depend on, you know, my parents for that. And so yeah. as an adult, you know, especially throughout the last 10, 12 years of my life, I've had to get to the point of, you know, I've got to have that relationship with God for myself. Yeah. And so going through this journey of infertility, something that I, you know, heard of people walking through but didn't necessarily feel that it was going to be me, mm-hmm. you know, I had to I had to come to a point where I told the Lord, you know, yes, I want a baby, but if that means if me having a baby means that I don't have the right relationship with you, then I just won't have the baby. I yeah. want you more. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's such a heartbreaking so, real moment with the Lord. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like infertility does that for women. It helps us discover if we've created any idols in our life. Right. Exactly. And like motherhood can be an idol. Yeah. And then you just, I, I have had to, God has dealt with me yeah. on that issue yeah. too. Same. Well, are same. there any scriptures that specifically helped you during that time when the oh, Lord was yes, talking to you? For sure. <laughs> um, really, I mean, the story of Hannah is one of the biggest. We um, like her story too. Obviously, <laughs> Hannah's heart. We like Hannah. Um, but for me, I know when when my husband and I first started going down this journey of infertility. Um, I just remember I was sitting on the couch just crying. Mm. Bless his heart. He he's dealt that he's just he's had to handle a lot of tears from mm. from me and he's not a crier, but I I can tell when he's when he's down, you yeah. know. Yeah. And um we just pulled out the Bible and he was like, "Let's just turn to 1 Samuel." Mm. And we started reading and we got to verse 19 and I lost it. I mean, I mm. just I lost it. And and really the end of verse 19 where it says, and the Lord remembered her. Yeah. Like yeah. that, it was like the Lord was saying to me, I haven't forgotten what you're going through. Yeah. Yes. I haven't forgotten that you're hurting. I haven't forgotten the desires that you have in your heart. And so for me, that that was a moment where my attitude changed Yeah, for me. Yeah. Um, just to, instead of, crying all the time because literally I would see a baby and cry. I would see, mm-hmm. you know, a pregnant Been woman there. and cry. Been there. <laughs> like that's right. just what I'm, I'm a super emotional person. It's a miracle. I haven't cried yet today that's about okay. this, but in some tears shed, here. you know, <laughs> that was this, that was just a verse that mm. helped me to remember mm. that God 
remember will remember me yeah. like yeah. he did Hannah. I Literally, so. I just had somebody say that to me when, um, a, a few months ago, and they're like, "I just felt like I should tell you that the Lord hasn't forgotten you." And <laughs> the same you. feeling because yes. you do feel so easily forgotten. Yeah, no, in my Bible, right there beside that verse, I have written. I have multiple places in my Bible. I'm sure y'all do too. Scriptures that yeah have helped you along this journey, and so um, and I just would put a baby because mm-hmm. if it made me have comfort you know with that and beside that scripture I remember I have written down um God will you remember me Mm -hmm. and that was dated 2018 I saw it when as we started this podcast and looking over and I was like my goodness and then to look back and see you know um when he does remember you you know answer the answers those prayers and and you know we always want to be sure that we say on this podcast or show um that we're not trying to like name it and claim it that the Lord's going to give you a biological baby because that's what we all desire. But He does feel that desire. He, he will does promise feel that to desire. remember you. It might right. not answer your request the way that you ask for it, right. but He has not forgotten you, and that's a, that's a promise you can take to the bank. Yeah. You're not forgotten. Right. He knows exactly what you're going through. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's jump back into your story for a minute because. Um, after finding this diagnosis, you started taking some medication. And as Anne and I have discussed, <laughs> medication affects us in all kinds of ways. And it really can test you spiritually and emotionally oh, yes. in your marriage. So tell us about that part of your journey. Um, well, being diagnosed with PCOS, the first, um, the first thing he said was, well, we need to get you on medicine. And I'm like, well, I knew that was coming. Yeah. Um, and there were a few, a few medicines that he had mentioned. He, he was like, we need to do some tests, but you're probably going to go on metformin. And I did not want to go on metformin. Okay. Um, just, I, I just didn't want to, I don't, I don't even really know fully why I just knew I didn't, I think it was because I'd heard a lot of people say that they had side effects from metformin. Um, and so I, I was leery of that. But then, of course, you know, Google is not your friend. Yeah, you yeah. read some of the, like, Google is not your friend. And they're like, depression, <laughs> complete extreme yes. mood swings. Yes, oh, and that goodness. the mood swings, when I started Ooh. the fertility medicine, I, I was just praying and asking the Lord, please, mm. as someone who works with teenagers every day <laughs> and loves my husband, I do not want to have, I don't want to go off on somebody. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just want to have as minimal side effects as possible. Yeah. Um, And that was with Clomid. That was with Clomid. Okay. Yeah. So I did not have, thank the Lord, I did not have the mood swings. But I had everything else. I had it. (laughs) And did the Clomid, was it effective for your body? It was not. I um, ended up developing a resistance to it. So I did three cycles of Clomid and then... Um, the doctor said, well, you've developed a resistance, so we just need to move on mm. to the next. Like, so. Yeah, something else to check off the right. list. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. my word. Um, and then, so after Clomid, he went a step further to uh, Letrozole. Letrozole, yeah. Mm-hmm. How'd your body react to that? Not great at all. Um, I had um, started having severe pain. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point that I could I couldn't sit up, Gosh. I couldn't sit up straight in bed. Um, I just I could lay flat, 
and I, I would feel flat. I, I would mm. feel fine. You know, natural. Um, and then I kept telling myself, well, maybe this is how women feel when they ovulate because I didn't know what the, I didn't <laughs> oh, know, you know, like I bad. didn't know what that felt like. And so, you know, I just chalked it up to, well, maybe that's what it is. Um, but then my husband got to the point where he was like, seriously, I cannot let you lay here right. and be in pain. Like wow. that's not, and I'm a, stu- I'm a stubborn person. Yeah. So the doctor is like the last place I want to go. Mm. So he was like, we're going. We're going to go to the doctor. So we went. It's not normal. Yeah. We went. And they did everything, all the different tests. And then when they realized that I was taking fertility medicine, it was like, okay, well, we're just going to take our hands off of that and we're, we'll give you some pain meds. And they just, they told you there was nothing wrong, right? Well, after, after I had gotten with my fertility doctor and had more tests done, they said, you know, but the urgent care, they, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even see you. mm -mm. Wow. Yeah. That, I, I feel like we, maybe all us three have a little bit of the same common stories of like the doctor maybe looks at you like you're crazy or yeah. something. Listening, like yeah. believe me, like finding like, somebody that you trust and uh, feel like sees you is so important. Right, right. It so, is. So frustrating. And it's it used to be that doctors were this um, lofty position of like, they were the trusted people in the community. They, they just loved you and they made house calls. And now like, it's not all like, there are some wonderful godly doctors out there. Don't get me wrong. But like, you really have to be your own advocate today Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and do a lot of your own research. And that, that's so frustrating. I know the pain I felt. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. So after that, did you just immediately stop Famara? They, um, after, after they said there was nothing wrong, he said, well, let's do, we'll just double the dose. Mm. Double. Oh, that sounds great. And I great. thought, are you kidding? After I like, almost was in the hospital. I mean, and that that terrified me, mm. honestly, yeah. because I, knowing the pain that I was in with just, you know, one and a half milligrams or whatever mm, yeah. it was, to, to then, then doubling, double I, I immediately was like, I, think that I need to just take you know take a take break. break so you did not end up doubling not yet okay so okay. I will when we start back okay that so, will be the first thing that we'll do you right. told us off air that you and your husband decided to take a couple months to just take a little breather get through um and kind of refocus your mind let's talk mm-hmm. about that because I think this is really an important step in fertility journeys is for yes. couples to know when you hit that point yeah so how, what were your conversations with your husband? Did did one of you f- hit that point sooner than the other? Or? Uh, I definitely hit that point mm. sooner. Um, just because of having to be in appointments by myself mm. because of COVID. Right. right. Um, and hearing, you know, well, there's nothing wrong, but maybe it's, you know, it could be this, it could be that, whatever. And at this point, how long had you been actively pursuing fertility and trying? At that point was a year. No, no. Sorry. Over a year. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Almost right. two years. I'll put it at that. Wow. Maybe. So it feels like a job and so, so, so yes. much work. Yeah. Yes. It does. Well, we're going to close here in just a few minutes, but I have it on my heart for you to pray for women that are right now where you are in the journey, where maybe they're like praying about, do I take a step back? I don't have answers. Um, would you take a minute to just pray for our listeners, um, men and women, and um, however the Lord leads you? 
Yes, absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for um, the opportunity um, to be on Hannah's heart, Lord, and I pray that um, that you would be with the the men and women, the couples mm-hmm. that are um, that are going through um, their own infertility journeys that may be um, at the at a breaking point, that may be at a uh, a, p- a moment of pausing, and I pray, Lord, that you would help them to to look to you, yes, um, to trust you, and to trust your timing, um, and to um, not forget um, that you are with them. Uh, Lord, we thank you that your word tells us that you will never leave us or forsake us. That you you are always mm-hmm. with us, and we we thank you for that, Lord. And I just pray that you would be um, with each and every. A woman who desires in her heart um, to be a mother, um, Lord, I pray that that you would strengthen her, um, not only in her in her mind and her spirit, but but strengthen her physically as well, Lord. And I pray that um, that you would um, strengthen marriages as they as these couples wait. Uh, for your um, perfect will um, to be accomplished, Lord. And we ask all of these things in your name. Amen. Lauren, I have a scripture I want to read over you and your husband and anybody else, uh, couples that are that are listening. Um, it's Psalm 27, 13 through 14, and it says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I know you're in the middle of that waiting journey, but you can be confident that the Lord is good and He sees you. And thank you for sharing that message for those that are listening, that the Lord sees you. He hasn't forgotten you. That's right. Oh, we would love to have you back on sometime again. Yes. You're the continuing story of how God works in your life. That's right. Well, thank you, Lauren, for being here. And thank you for listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio. We hope to see you again soon.